welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Maxine. And I'm Alice. In today's episode, we're going to do a full Q&A episode. This was a really popular one we did back in March, so we're bringing it back. And our Patreon members got priority to asking their questions. So if you want your questions answered in any future Q&A episodes we do, or just at the end of every episode we do a Q&A, definitely join our Patreon. Link is in the show notes and you can get your questions answered. Yes, we love to connect with you guys on there too. So whatever tier you get, you automatically get access to those um, that question feature. And also we have a special offer for you with Star Sign Candles. So this is my my boyfriend's company. And um, now through the month of June, you can get 10% off for all of our astrology and you listeners just enter astrology 10 at checkout um, and we also have 15% off for patreon listeners so if you are a patreon you can go to the link and you'll see the special code there yeah and these candles are so cool I have one that you gave me Maxine and you scan like a yeah. code <laughs> on the candle and it like appears what's that what's that um, word for that technology yeah, it's so it's augmented reality, so AR technology, and basically there's this like code that you scan, and then the candle gives you these weekly updates of affirmations and just astrology updates for your rising sign that um, that I help create. Yeah, so like if there's a new moon, I can like scan my candle and see like what do I need to look at for Aquarius to like practice for my new moon um, mantra or something like that. Yes, exactly. And I'm so big into affirmations too. So it's it's a really, really cool candle. So go and um, check it out if you're interested. Yes. Okay. Um, before we get to the Q&A, well, I guess, mm, should we talk about like what topics we're covering in the Q&A or just like get into it? Um, yeah, I guess we can just kind of give a brief overview of the questions. We're answering like about six questions. So we're going to cover topics like um, our specialties in astrology, Alice and mine, um, progress charts, also like basic questions like what is the difference between like your sun and your rising sign? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So this will be a good one to listen to. Um, Like we always do, let's go over the weekly transits. Um, How has Mercury retrograde been going for you? It's been about a week now. Oh my gosh. Yes. And so like with Mercury retrograde being in my first house, um, literally the first day of Mercury retrograde, I was on a walk with Nick and we were like overlooking a river and my glasses just like (gasps) fell into the water and I lost you didn't tell me this (laughs) oh my god (laughs) I know it was just like and when I lost them I was thinking about like the memories of like because I've had those glasses forever and I was just like oh my gosh it's literally like new identity you need to switch things up like let go of the old that's insane yeah yeah so that was just kind of when the glasses fell in the water I was like well, it's Mercury retrograde, like this was meant to be, you know, like one of those mishaps of just like losing your stuff. Um, So yeah, what about you, Alice? The only technological mishaps I've had, my electric toothbrush stopped working out of nowhere. Um, I think that's (laughs) the only technology thing. But other than that, Mercury retrograde isn't just technology mishaps. I went back to Tennessee for my sister's wedding during the first couple days of Mercury retrograde. And that was crazy because I hadn't been back to Tennessee since 2015. 
that's where I grew up. Um, so it was a lot about like revisiting past memories, past places I used to go to as a kid, like seeing my family for the first time in a really long time. I hadn't seen like all of them since 2019 at least. And I hadn't been back to Tennessee since way before that. So that was definitely a mercury retrograde, like revisiting the past type of thing. Um, and then also I feel like just like general confusion, like what am I doing next with my life? Getting really like, I don't know, not like anxious, but like what's next for me? I feel like those feelings always come up with mercury retrograde and it's just like temporary. Like the second mercury goes direct again, I'll like not feel this way, but it just sucks every time it happens. Same, Alice, like since Mercury retrograde has happened and even before then, I know we were feeling it, but just rethinking like how we want to show up in the world or like offerings that I want to give out to, I think with it being in my first house, but just like a lot of wanting to take a step back and then like, I feel like the moving forward part will come after it goes direct. Yeah, I have the Mercury retrograde in my 11th house. I have had a couple friends I haven't talked to in a really long time reach out. So that definitely goes along with the friendship stuff. Um, What was I going to say? We have that eclipse on June 10th. So there's going to be a solar eclipse. Um, Is that Wednesday the 10th? No, it's Thursday. It's exactly a week from today because we're recording this on the 3rd. Um, So that eclipse is going to be exactly in line with Mercury retrograde. I feel like the solar eclipse is going to be probably a bit more powerful than the lunar eclipse we had last week, just because it's like ushering in a huge new start for the next six months. So something, anything that's like coming to mind at the moment, see how that plays out over the second half of 2021. Oh yeah. Yeah. I definitely am feeling like now we're in a period of like releasing and letting go. And it's like a huge clearing period leading up to June 10th. And then Yeah, I feel like that's why we're probably rethinking things. That's probably why you're so tired too, Alice. I'm exhausted. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I'm excited for that eclipse. Even though it has Mercury retrograde in it, I still just feel like we need this new start and new energy. Yeah, and I'm so excited because it is the last eclipse in Gemini for like many years. So it just, I feel like that just kind of intensifies everything of like, if you've been thinking about things for a while and then with Mercury retrograde, also asking you to reflect and like rework certain areas of your life. Like once Mercury goes direct on the 22nd, I feel like that's kind of when things will like kick up, you know? Yeah. So yeah, that's interesting to note. The eclipses won't be back in Gemini Sagittarius until I think it's like 2030 or 2029 at the earliest. Um, so yeah, this is like the last time to kind of get a push in the house that rules Gemini in your chart. I know. And I'm so bummed that there weren't that many in Gemini. Like I know there were some in Sagittarius, so that's been my seventh house, but usually you get like a little bit more, you know, in your sign. So being in my first house, (laughs) I felt like the cancer Capricorn ones went on for eternity and now we're like, Oh, we're already at the last Gemini Mm -hmm. one. I'm like, wow, they really got the short end of the stick. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) I know. Although I do feel like it has been so transformative. It's like everything has been concentrated for me. Like so much transformation has been picked up since those eclipses began. Yeah, you really have had like big changes. Like you moved, you quit your job. We've already talked about this though. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's like, it just like shows the power of an eclipse in 
a really significant area of your chart, like the rising sign for you. True. Yeah. Oh, and then also just to add, if anyone is interested who's listening, we do have, if you join Patreon, you'll get access to that Eclipse workshop um, that we did for last month's workshop. So if you are curious to check it out and see what these next six months hold for you with these eclipses specifically, um, definitely go check it out. That's a good point. Yeah. That one goes more in depth, like what it means in your individual chart. Another thing we wanted to mention that's finally happening is Mars is making its way out of Cancer and moving to Leo this week. Um, That will happen on June 11th. Um, Mars has been in Cancer since the last week of April. So it's been there a while. And I don't know, having Mars in Cancer isn't honestly the easiest energy. I've felt definitely like more emotionally reactive. Like I feel like little things that wouldn't bother me have just like set me off and like made my blood boil underneath the surface. And I feel like that's really like Mars and cancer, like kind of like a anger to emotions. Mm, That's interesting. And it also was your Mars return. So I feel like that makes sense that it showed up for you that way. Yeah. And the 12th house. So it's like very much like hidden, like hidden um, frustrations. Yeah, like allowing yourself to actually like feel into those. So that's, yeah. So that um, for me, I guess Mars has been in my second house, which deals with like finances. So like with the move, we've been spending a ton. And then um, it's always like cost so much more than you think it would when you move homes. But um, yeah, so that has been where a lot, like that makes perfect sense that I've had Mars there since then. And then, um, but also just like, my astrology offerings and stuff like I've been super super busy so very grateful for that yeah I love a Mars second house transit even if you lose you tend to like give away a ton of money yeah it's just like that energy of like money too just kind of like you really see that when you're when you're not being stingy when you actually are like spending it does come back to you like that is totally it has been my experience So as it shifts into Leo, I just feel like in general, no matter where Mars is transiting in your chart, there's just going to be like a more fun and playful energy. Um, it's going to be in Leo through, I mean, it goes in June, June 11th and it stays there until the very end of July. So that's about like a six week period. It's there. Um, and I feel like that's more playful, more fun, like welcoming and romance into your life. Um, leaning into like creative interests creative hobbies I feel like that's like the most creative placement you can have Mars in oh yes I know and like just I'm so excited for their creativity but also just having more energy because like I feel like Mars and Leo is such a charismatic and like outgoing placement like you really want to express yourself more authentically and like kind of I don't know get yourself out there Mm more okay so that is it for what's going on this week let's get into our questions from you guys um i'll start off so excited for this okay so i'm going to start with the first question um someone asks i would love if you guys would share more about your specific astrological strong suits alice has mentioned she's good at predictions maxine more into spiritual past lives etc please and thank you um so Maxine do you want to take this away yes um so I think like the first thing to note I love this question because 
like Alice and I were just talking about this, but there is so there's so much you can specialize in astrology. So like no two astrologers are going to interpret your chart the same. Like you could go to a different astrologer and even if you've had your birth chart read before, it would be completely different because how, like what they specialize in, what they study is going to be different. So it is important to understand like, you know, what you want out of a reading before you get one. Yeah, exactly. Like I feel like people kind of, or most people kind of expect like, oh, I'm an astrologer. I have to know the answer to every single astrology question they have. And that's when it's really important to like figure out what an astrologer specializes in because like every single astrologer can give like a kind of like semi answer on a lot of different topics. But like if you're spending that amount of money on a reading, like you want the astrologer that like specializes in what you're interested in. So if you have like a very specific question about like, I want to know more about like medical astrology, like what I I have a health problem I'm worried about. I'm kind of wondering what astrology says. You're not going to want to go to an astrologer that literally doesn't know anything about like um, medical or like health astrology and but there are people that do know that so it's kind of important to do your research on that end because you want to get the best answer you could possibly get that's a perfect example yeah so like everyone has a niche um and it's important just to like understand like what it is that you want in that specific reading um yeah that's a good point yeah and so specific to what Alice and I um, study I think it's important like Alice and I do share a lot of similarities in the way that we approach astrology probably because we've like learned a lot together I feel like and we always are like sharing information when you say Alice. Yeah so we do I guess we do have similarities um, but I feel like when you're learning astrology you kind of like start off with the basics and then you kind of find the area that's like intriguing you the most and you go in that direction so absolutely like my interest when I was studying when I was first studying astrology and it honestly picked up more last year to be honest um was like psychological type astrology like I love studying um about like developmental like life cycles so like the Saturn cycle like what's going on like throughout the first 30 years of life as Saturn makes its way to various parts of your chart and also stuff like a Pluto transit like how does that kind of like transform you and push you to grow on like a psychological level so that's something I'm really interested in and then also um predictive astrology I love I don't my parents have always been kind of like obsessed with like knowing when stuff will end since I was a kid so I would always like be counting down the dates until someone went away or like a vacation ended always kind of like obsessed with the end date and so I feel like that kind of plays into my interest in predictive astrology I love knowing like when things are going to switch and when there's a new energy is going to come in and when something might happen and when something might end Okay, Alice, I just made this connection as you said that. So it's so fitting because you are an Aquarius. So like it makes sense because that's so future oriented. Yeah, it's always like, what's next? What's next? But I also love looking back at the past too. And I feel like to be a good predictive astrologer, I mean, when an astrologer is giving you predictions, they're giving you an interpretation of what they know based on past experiences and what they've seen with clients. So like you kind of have to get an understanding of what's happened in your past to understand how the future is going to unfold. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So for example, like maybe if you're looking for a relationship, the astrologer would look back to be like, okay, well, when was the last time you were in a significant relationship? Like when did that form? What were the transits? What houses were being lit up? Exactly. That's what I always ask when someone's like, when am I going to like get into a relationship? Um, Or like I'll take it back. So like for instance, the eclipses are going to shift to Taurus and Scorpio next year. So if that's in a, if those are going to be in two houses of a client's chart. And so I'll go back to the last time the eclipses were in Taurus, Scorpio, and I'll be like, what happened from 2013 to 2015 for you? Um, Actually, that was when Saturn was in Scorpio. But yeah, the eclipses were in Scorpio 2013. 13 and 2014 more specifically um and so we'll get an idea of like what happened at that time so I'm like okay you mentioned you had a really significant move or you had a career change at that time kind of expect something similar to come up next year exactly so like working with those cycles of change and transformation um Yeah, so that lends itself well to what I specialize in because, Alice, I feel like the one key thing that we really do share in common as like a big interest in astrology is looking at those cycles of change and transformation and how they appear like in our client readings. Yeah, like we both definitely look at the changes going on in a person's life. I feel like you kind of have to do that with like every type of astrology reading, like that's what people are, they're usually coming to you from a difficult point in their life, wondering when certain situations might change. Um, and that's what we both do just like a little differently. Right. So like specifically what I specialize in is evolutionary astrology. And, um, essentially like that just means it's based off of this idea that you came into this world, um, wanting to evolve so that's where the evolutionary title comes from so like for soul growth and evolution throughout your lifetime you're just kind of like always being met with different opportunities to allow yourself to change and to grow more into yourself it's almost like an astrology reading as I see it if it's a birth chart reading like we would look in your birth chart to see like what gifts, what talents do you have? Like where are you being asked to grow and change? And when you lean into like, you can really pinpoint what those areas of life are and what makes you so unique and like what you're here to share with the world. And like through that, it allows you just to really feel like you're more connected with yourself and it kind of can guide you whether you're going through a difficult period or you're just looking for like deeper fulfillment and alignment in your life. Mm hmm. I was going to say there's like specific astrologers and astrology book authors who specialize in these different fields. Like just knowing you're into evolutionary, I'm looking at my bookshelf and like I have a book called like Pluto, the evolutionary journey of the soul. Like I feel like that's very much like kind of similar to what you specialize in by Jeff Green. Um, and then what's that other one you the inner sky or something like that 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 guy's really good at evolutionary yes, astrology Stephen Forrest Stephen Forrest um, is like I think, the astrologer for that yeah and so Jan Spiller also is a really great one for looking at spiritual astrology basically like the spiritual aspect of astrology it takes into account past lives and karma and um or just looking at your life like thinking about those tendencies and like capabilities that you have innately, like those gifts that you just 
we're born into this life with. So um, yeah, it kind of allows you to get an idea of what you're here to grow into more. Yeah. Um, and then just thinking about like more psychological approach, like the authors I look to are like Liz Green, Stephen Arroyo. We definitely have a crossover though. Like you love those books too. Yeah. Like psychological astrology is super interesting. Just also like with my Scorpio stellium, it's just like so important to understand like what motivates, what drives people to do the things that they do. Um, and that's what that's all about. Yeah. And then like, I guess other types of astrology that maybe you and I both aren't well versed in, like someone asked a question about Vedic astrology, that's completely different from Western astrology that both of us practice. So I wouldn't come to either of us with questions about Vedic astrology. Um, or yeah, please. Yeah. (laughs) Or like stuff we're just not really well versed in like mundane, like world event astrology, like when people, like I can kind of look at the astrology of COVID or like that stuff, but I'm not, I feel like to be really good at predicting like financial crises or like pandemic type stuff that requires such an extensive knowledge of like world history and what the astrological patterns have been like throughout the past few hundred years. Yeah. And that brings up a really good point too. Like you have to be passionate about what type of astrology that you give to really have the desire to like read tons of books about it and learn it and apply it like so for me like using astrology as a tool to help guide you in your growth really appeals to me and like that's why I use astrology through that lens because like I like to see other people feeling like more empowered to then like trust themselves and like trust their intuition to make choices that are aligned with them so like that's the kind of astrology that I'm into and like Alice you with predictions like that's a similar thing like you're super passionate about that yeah because it's like help calm me down so it's like I want to like help other people calm down and not have them like fixate on having things needing to have things happen at a certain date and I feel like predictions are useful and being like okay there's a time and place for everything um yeah, so like what type of predictions do you do, Alice? Cuz like for me, I like to look at like maybe the next couple, like if someone came to me for a transit reading, I would look at like what are the big transits happening now, like outer planets, specifically progressions and like the next coming months. But um it's more of like using that energy of like the universe is supporting you to change and grow in a certain area and like you have the free will to then be more informed about your decisions. But like, what is your approach since you do specialize in predictive astrology? I do do like, where are the main themes for that year? Like where are Jupiter and Saturn transiting? Where are the eclipses happening? But then to go from there, I really need the client to give me more info about their life. Like I can tell them the big themes, but there's so many manifestations of that. I need them to tell me like, are you looking for a new job? Like, are you talking to anyone on a dating app? Like what's going on? I can't just like base it off of just like looking at their chart. I know exactly what's happening to you. Um, So I kind of get that information. It starts a conversation. And if they say something like, yeah, I'm like in the last round of interviews, I'm kind of wanting to know when I might hear back, then I'll look a little deeper and I'll be like, okay, it's most likely to happen on this week or maybe even get it down to like a more specific, like few few days um or like 
I can see the like potentials when there'll be like a lot of relationship transits, but then I'll narrow it down to like, okay, you might be dating this month. You might not be dating that month. I'm not sure if it lasts from July until October, but I see dating activity in both of these months. Mm, Yes. And that's like such a beautiful way of trusting your timing and using your energy like in a more focused way when you can kind of like get an idea for that. So yeah. Um, Okay. Next question. (laughs) Because this one's been a little long. Um, Would love, someone else asked, would love to know about progress charts. When are good times to look at a progress chart? Um, And what information do you interpret from this type of chart? Okay, this is a good question. So we haven't touched a ton on progressions. Um, They're a little complicated. You can just think of it as like another predictive technique. It uses like one year of your life as one day, if that makes sense. So basically, like if you want to know what's going to be happening when you're 30, you can get an idea of that by looking at, okay, 30 days after you were born, what were the transits that day? And then comparing them to your birth chart. Yeah, what's interesting is that it's like it sh- it is based on this theory that like the first let's say if you live to be like 90, like the first 90 year- days of your life are going to be symbolic towards like the first the 90 years of your life. So like let's say on the 15th day you're alive, you go on a trip with your parents. Like you get put in a car seat for the first time, you go visit your grandparents. Um, maybe at age 15 in the progress chart, there's like an opportunity for like foreign travel or like going somewhere new um, and making a lot of trips. So it's kind of like it takes what was happening on that day and makes it more like significant for that particular year. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that was really clear and like a great specific example. So like the reason why progressions are so significant is that they do move so slowly. So your sun will move about one degree every year um, in your progress chart. And so it's interesting to see like if the sun moves toward your natal Venus, like that might be a time like a period of like two years or so where like this theme of self-love and love comes into play and it's like plays out over a longer time and the manifestations are like much more prominent and also like obvious like there can actually they can really correspond to events like maybe you're meeting that person who you fall in love with for example yeah just to I feel like when you're first starting to read a progress chart um kind of the main thing to watch is like where is the progressed moon because the moon is the most quickly moving planet it in real time it takes about two and a half days to move through a sign so in the progress chart it takes about two and a half years to move through a through a sign so that's like the quickest planet you're gonna see make changes in the progress chart um so if you look at what sign it's in for a two and a half year period in the progress, that shows a lot about like, where is your emotional energy going during those two and a half years? So if you have it like going through your seventh house, maybe like forming meaningful relationships is a super big topic. Um, or if it's in the 10th house, finally you're getting like a ton more career recognition for about a two and a half years. Um, and then I guess secondary to that is, we're not secondary, but like the sun moves, moves slow. The sun moves a degree a year. 
So it takes 30 years to go through all 30 degrees of one sign. So the sign, the sun only will go through about three signs of the zodiac during your lifetime if you live to be like pretty old. Um, so let's say you're born at like 15 degrees of Aries, like that's where your sun is in your birth chart. After 15 years, it's finally going to make the shift to Taurus. So your progressed sun is going to be in Taurus. That doesn't mean you're now a Taurus sun. It just gives another layer to your personality. Like maybe characteristics of being a Taurus start to come up more in your life. Like maybe you're way more interested in cooking when you in your later teen years, if you're 15, when that happens. But I always notice when the progressed sun changes signs, because that's so major and happens rarely, there tends to be like a big shift in the personality. Mm, yeah, huge, definitely big. And it's kind of like from my perspective, like evolutionary astrology, it signifies like, okay, you were born in Aries, for example, with your sun there. But then once it shifts over to Taurus, it's kind of signifies like, okay, you know what, you've learned a ton of lessons about developing your sense of self and like that Aries courage or like being more assertive. And now like leaning into Taurus, there might be bigger themes of like really learning to value yourself, for example. So it's like signifies this shift of like a new 30 year cycle. Like that's a long time to learn, like tons of opportunities coming up, especially when that progress sun is activated by aspects, for example, like that is a huge new lesson in your life coming up. Yeah, like my natal sun's at six degrees Aquarius when I was 24 years old, just a few years ago, it shifted to Pisces. So that was honestly right around the time I got into astrology and spiritual pursuits and like kind of like anything that had to do with that. And I also developed like a more compassionate side to my personality, whereas before it was just this Aquarius, like being super rebellious, like needing to be like weird. Um, whereas the <laughs> Pisces, when that progressive moved to Pisces, it like toned it down a bit and I became like more aware of like other people. Um, oh, that's so fascinating. And like when my when my progressed son moved into my first house, like I think that's super significant. Like if you're someone who's born with the son in the 12th, it makes it difficult, honestly. Like it was so hard for me to fully express myself and like really be authentic with everyone who was around me. Like I did a lot of people pleasing in my early years. Um, but then once it shifts into the first house, it marks this whole different, whole different way of approaching life where you're really like, wanting to be more authentic no matter who you're talking to just like staying true to yourself and like putting yourself out there more so that was when I was like I don't care what people think I'm just gonna like share stuff post it whatever yeah that's major so overall I feel like when starting off with the progress chart look to where the sun is look to where the moon is um Venus and Mercury are important too. Mars definitely moves a lot slower. The um, angles are super important, oh, like so yeah. significant. When your ascendant or your midheaven changes signs, that usually happens. I feel like those move at about a degree a year too. Um, that like when, when your midheaven moves signs, particularly like changing career direction or what career interests are, what you're doing for your job. Yeah, my progressed midheaven when it went to when it met up with transit Saturn, that's when I went full time in astrology. That's so interesting. Mine shifted to Gemini literally less than two years ago. And now I'm like, have, I have like such a yes. Gemini type of career. Like I'm writing totally. a ton. I have a podcast. It's all about like speaking and like communicating. <laughs> I love that. 
So yeah, progressions, basically amazing, amazing tool to look into like those major overarching themes and like kind of events that might crystallize. Yes. Um, And then question number three, what would you say are the differences between sun and rising sign having a hard time discriminating between them? Okay, so we did touch upon this in our first episode a little bit just to kind of reiterate. um, I think of like rising sign is like traits that you just like automatically have and that just come very naturally naturally to you and that you're very comfortable showing off so like there's no kind of real problem with expressing those traits they just like immediately show themselves in someone's personality and how they present themselves to the world whereas the sun takes more effort and time to fully come into Mm, yes like the sun you're growing into more and more as you as you grow older like through experiences and it's kind of like the core of your being the sun like that's really how I think about it like that's where everything else gets filtered through everything else is an extension of it so like the rising sign and the sun both are like big factors in who you are but the rising sign definitely is almost something you are more more your more your rising sign as you're younger when you're younger and then like you grow into your sun I also think that the rising sign is like how the lens and the approach to which you um address those sun sign traits so like I think we literally use the same example in the sun moon rising episode, but like as a Leo rising, there's always going to be an element of creativity to what I do and how I develop that sun sense of self with a sun in Aquarius. So like no matter where that sun is in my chart, there always has to be like a creative element to like what I'm doing in my life because of the Leo rising. And that's a perfect example. Like if someone else is like a Scorpio rising with an Aquarius sun, how they exercise their traits of being an Aquarius are going to look totally different than you yeah or like a cancer rising is always going to be like very maternal and like wanting to take care and like that could play into a lot of their life and how they develop themselves and then also for the sun and the rising I feel like I like to think of it it is like a small difference but it helps like to kind of like simplify and clarify like the sun is kind of this genuine expression of who you are something like your sense of self and your identity whereas like I feel like the rising sign is what you project to others more easily and it's more of your personality like how you engage with the world so that's like something that honestly sometimes you're like well isn't that the same thing but it's like when my rising sign, my Gemini comes out, that's when I'm like talking on a podcast. That's when I'm like engaging with the world. That's like my, how I see life. Like I want things to be like changeable and fun. And like, I like being friendly with people in the world. But then like my Taurus sun is always like the undercurrent of who I am. Like I need that sense of stability and like I don't enjoy change as much. Does that make sense, Alice? Or is that like confusing? No, that definitely makes sense. Um, Yeah, it is a little tricky navigating all those three and then the moon sign too. But like, just think of like your rising is just like traits you naturally have. And maybe you need to lean into those traits more to achieve like your full identity and like where you're going in the world to like 
tap into that sense of self with the sun. Okay, number four, information about Jupiter return. Not sure if you guys are planning an episode, but would love to hear your advice and perspectives on the Jupiter return. Okay, so Jupiter return, basically in astrology, this means when Jupiter returns to its placement in your natal chart. So it takes about 12 years. Yeah, so it'll happen at the ages of 12, 24, 36, 48, and so on. And if you're coming out of our last episode on perfection years, like it's interesting to note that that will always coincide with a first house perfection year, which we talked about that being super significant too. Oh my God, that's crazy. You're right. Yeah. And so I feel like Jupiter return, I mean, it's always important to look at the house placement of where Jupiter is in your chart, but when it returns, I just feel like there's this extra boost of like, opportunity coming from that area of your chart and like um like things just happen more easily and feel a lot more optimistic and expansive yeah it's like one year basically of like great personal growth and expansion and I feel like from personal experience it's like a year where you really come further into yourself if you are allowing yourself to really be more open to like new experiences. Maybe you want to learn something new. It's like you're unearthing different parts of yourself and like new gifts even. But like it's not something just like a lucky year. Like you actually have to work for it. And I think that's like the one misunderstood thing about Jupiter Returns. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I'm just trying to think. I feel like though traits also associated with Jupiter, um, no matter where it is in your chart, are like foreign travel different cultures, education, writing, teaching. So like all of that might also play into the Jupiter return and like what becomes an interest more at that time. Um, Like mine specifically in the third house, but at that Jupiter return, the second it started, which was fall of 2016 into pretty much that whole spring summer of 2017, I graduated from grad school so I got an MA and that's very much tied into like third house communication learning but that's also just like a natural Jupiter quality and it was in London so it was abroad Jupiter foreign travel um and I started writing for vogue.com which like as a 24 year old straight out of college like that's an insane opportunity like as a fashion when I thought I was like wanted to be a fashion journalist with my life like getting to write for Vogue like first year out of school was like insane to me yeah and Jupiter is like the planet of possibilities so I feel like that was definitely a perfect example of that what happened with yours that was when I got into astrology like obsessive And it's, it's funny because I natally have Jupiter in Scorpio in my sixth house, which is a work house. So it's like changes in work and also like that obsessive quality of like researching something and the focus I had in it. I also think that was the year you were like, I started doing yoga every single year for, or every single day for 365 days. Am I right? Oh my gosh, you're so right. I actually forgot about that. Yeah. So that was the end of like, I think that was late. That was December of like 2016, I think, actually. No, 2017. So yeah, 
that yeah, would so have that been was it. the fit into the Jupiter and Scorpio. And I still do that. So it's like what you start doing then, like I never miss a day of yoga. And that's just because I have an obsessive personality type, I think. But um, but yeah, it's like whatever you start during that time, I feel like it really becomes a part of your next 12 year cycle. Yeah, that's a good point to make. It's like a, the start of something new. And I feel like everything that I started at 24 that Jupiter return like still plays into what I do today like I still am writing um frequently also for Vogue but like in a different capacity um and like I feel like just the career stuff that was set off of that Jupiter return has just like continued to blossom Mm, yeah that makes sense for you I can't wait to see what happens at 36 because that's going to be... Yes, be true. Good. And also, wait, your Jupiter opposition, when is that, Alice? That has to be soon. That will be... I think I'll feel it next summer and then also early 2023 when Jupiter goes to Aries. Oh, that'll be amazing. That's like, that always a of, great time. Yeah. Yeah. That's like, I think, you know, Jupiter return is significant, but like just, again, with those cycles of change, like the opposition happens as well when you're... I mean, I guess 30 is that year. And the squares. Like last year when Jupiter was in Capricorn, it was square to my natal Jupiter in Libra. And I remember like right around that time it was square. I was getting really good opportunities. I think it was exact before the pandemic hit. So that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. So every like three years, you basically have Jupiter kind of like asking you to expand in certain areas and like use your gifts more. Mm hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, next question. Basics for reading a birth chart. So. Okay. So I feel like different astrologers have a different approach when they first pull up a client's birth chart. Um, I would say what I look at is like, where are all the planets clustered? Like if someone came to me and was just like, Hey, can you tell me about something about my birth chart? I don't think I would necessarily look at the sun, moon rising first. I would just see like, if there's a huge concentration of planets in one house, I'd probably be like, this is a huge theme in your life. Yeah. So definitely like looking for those stelliums is really important because that's like shows where you're going to put a lot of your focus and especially important for looking at transits because like when a, something transits through there, it's going to be like a domino effect of like change, like lighting off in your life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Um, and if it's, like, in a particular sign, too, I guess, in whole sign, it's always going to be the same house and sign. True, and I feel like what you just said, Alice, though, is, like, when you get to really learning astrology, it's not like... I, it's not like I just focus on one thing. It really becomes like you just look at the whole chart and you're able to absorb so much. But I do have to say, like, I look at the moon and the nodes. Like, those are really the focus, I think, that I like to, like, create the foundation of a reading in because the moon in astrology is like the honestly like your inner world so if you want to understand a person like look to their moon and then because I do study evolutionary astrology the nodes are so crucial in understanding that person's soul lessons and gifts and talents and like those challenges that you're here to grow from I definitely look at the moon too I mean as like a very significant part of the chart but I also 
Saturn is a big one for me. Like where yes. are you repeatedly getting those lessons? And then also like the ruler of the rising sign and where's that place? So like if you have a Taurus rising, where's Venus placed in your chart? If you have a Gemini rising, where is Mercury placed? Because I feel like whatever house that ends up in is like where you kind of need to be putting more energy into. Mm, yeah, such an underestimated part of the birth chart, like the chart ruler. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so that's like a little taste, but basically like everything is important and you can dive into so much in a birth chart. So it's like, uh, it just depends. Like again, like going back to the first question, like whatever thing you're focused on, like Alice, it probably looks totally different for you with predictions. If someone comes to you being like, Hey, I'm having a hard time with family. Like your attention's going to gravitate toward like the fourth house or, you know, the moon or the sun. Like, yeah, like I wouldn't when you come asking for a prediction, I'm not looking at your birth chart. It's like where, what house is being emphasized at the moment? Like you could have nothing in your sixth house, but if you're having like Saturn and Jupiter going through your sixth house this year, that part of your um, chart is really getting hit hard. So and I guess the I question, yeah. And I guess the question was like for reading a birth chart, which I feel like is a lot, takes a lot more time and is a lot more extensive than transit readings. Um, but yeah. Okay, our last question, what are your positions on cusps? Um, I don't believe in cusps. I don't think they exist, but that's to define it is like when you're born on like the last day of one season, but you're not sure if you're in the next season yet. So like if you're born on like August 22nd, like are you a Virgo or are you a Libra? Like sometimes there's a little like confusion there. Right. Um, And like my dad, for example, is born at the Virgo Libra cusp. And so he is technically, technically a Virgo because he's born at like the last degree. But like, as we just talked about the progressed son earlier in this episode, it's like, okay, he was born. But then by the time he was one, not even like the next 30 years has such a concentration on Libra that he identifies a ton with Libra because during the formative 30 years of his life, like his progress son was giving him those lessons in that sign. And a lot of his identity was built through that as well. Yeah. So like, if you are born at like, even if you're not like completely on the cusp and you're like three days away from it being Libra season or whatever the next season is, you probably feel like you have more of that in your personality just because that progress son moved into the next sign so early in your life. Um, I don't, I tend to find like people who identify with cusps though, like I, that gives a lot of information into just their birth chart. Like maybe they do have planets in that sign or, you know, like it, yeah, it helps to understand. Mercury and Venus are always moving close to the sun. They can never be more than one or two signs away. Um, so if someone is like a Leo, but they're like, wait, I feel more like cancer, maybe like their Venus is in cancer, their Mercury's in cancer, and they just identify with that a little more in their chart. Um, or maybe one of those signs is their rising sign or their on the other hand, their sun could be placed in a house in the chart that is like maybe more like cancer. Like, like if you have a True, Leo sun that's yes. in the fourth house. Yeah, so if you have a Leo son of it, it's in the fourth house of the chart, it's going to take on more like Cancerian qualities of like being kind of tied to the home, wanting to take care of people. That is such a good point. Yeah, yeah, I really like that point. Um, 
Yeah, so basically, like, short answer, like, cusps, no, we don't we don't believe in them, but it does give you information if someone says, like, well, I was born on a cusp, I identify with both of these signs, like, you probably have some aspect of that other sign in your chart in some way. Yeah, exactly. And also a thing to note with a cusp is, like, a lot a misconception is, like, there's the one sign happens like it switches at 12 a.m midnight there's like one specific time when it changes yes, to the next season <laughs> and like that varies from year to year so like for instance like I think we're in Gemini season right now I think that the sun switched into Gemini like sometime in the middle of the day um on that first day of Gemini season. So it's like, it might still be Taurus season until 3 p.m. that day. And then at 3, it goes to Gemini. But like the next year, it could switch at 11 a.m. that day. And so that's when you really need the person's birth chart. Because I have had clients that have been like, I've thought I was a Capricorn my whole life. And I'm like, no, you're actually like the first 30 minutes of Aquarius. I, I find like when I give a reading like that, the rest of the reading, it's just like, you can't move on from that point. They're just like, hey, this is a total identity yeah. shock. I'm like, you're not that sign. <laughs> yes. And like so much more makes sense. So yeah, that's important to you. Yes. Okay. So I feel like that's everything. Yes. I love doing the Q&A episodes. Thank you guys so much for your questions. Yeah, this was so fun. Um, but we'll see you here next week um reminder to join patreon if you want access to that eclipse workshop to see what the solar eclipse and gemini holds for you and maxine do you want to repeat one more time what the discount code is for the candles oh yes yes of course so also go to the link in the show notes starsigncandles.com if you are interested in entering the um promo code it is astrology in caps astrology 10 and you'll get 10 percent off or if you are a patron go to our patreon and i'll put the secret code there for 15 perfect and you can follow us um i'm stock alice on instagram and i'm maxine luthia um thank you guys so much for listening have a great week Ah.